Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Olive Magazine podcast. My name is Laura Rowe, I'm the editor of Olive and your host for this week. On today's episode, we explore Peruvian cuisine and all its delicious ingredients with Lima head chef Robert Ortiz. Gregor and Janine talk pancakes and Adam, our cookery writer, waxes lyrical to me about cooking with Marmite. Yes, you heard right, Marmite. So get comfortable, grab a cup of tea, a biscuit, maybe top it with Marmite. You'll understand why I said that a bit later. And happy listening. First up, here's Gregor and Janine on pancakes. Hi, this is Janine, food director of Olive Magazine, and I'm here today with Gregor. Hi, Gregor. Hello, Janine. And we're talking about pancakes. Pancakes, indeed, because... Be- because next week um, is Shrove Tuesday, Tuesday the 28th. Yep. When we will be tossing for England. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, not not all of us will be tossing for England. Okay. Yeah. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Some of us will be tossing for Scotland. Yeah, yeah. And not necessarily capers. No. No. <laughs> Maybe, maybe pancakes. I still want to see that kill. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so, I've just been looking at what Shrove Tuesday I know you like is. a bit of research. I do, li- I do like a bit of research, <laughs> and just to be fair to myself. Yeah. I, d- I, did, I did know what Shrove meant, didn't yeah, I? You did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Before, so, you, before you went anywhere before near went, Google. Before I went near Wikipedia, yeah. I, I already knew what Shrove meant. So, it's, it's, um, so to shrive is to obtain... Absolution okay. for sins. Oh dear. Okay. Okay. And um, and so because it's it's part of the Christian calendar. Right. So um, Shrove Tuesday is the last day of Shrove Tide, and Ash Wednesday is the first day of Lent. Okay. So it's on on uh, Shrove Tuesday. Yeah. What you do is you try to is, is you try to obtain, obtain absolution for your sins by confession. Right. And by be given, and obviously it goes back to when it, um, everyone was Catholic, mm-hmm. and uh, and so you would you would confess, you would be given um, penance to do, and and you would do some form of absolution on that day, so that you went into Lent oh, okay. clean mm. of clean of sin, so that you could so that you could <laughs> you could um, properly atone for you could properly yeah. atone, and you could and you could make spiritual progress okay. during Lent. Which is why a lot of people still today, even when they're not religious, a lot of do that do, like forty. Is that. it forty days? 40 I, I, days? I, you know what? That's a bit I don't know. <clears> I've never done it. However, <laughs> however long Lent is, it's too long for me. <laughs> you, do, you know, people take something out of their diet or whatever. Yeah, exactly. But um, but it was it once was to try to make some sort of spiritual progress or, or to try and you know become a better person mm. in one way or another. So what uh, Shrove Tuesday is, also pan- it's Pancake Day. Yes. So pancakes is what we do. But actually, in, in Europe, yeah. Ma- Mardi Gras, yeah. that's the same day. What, in, okay. As in New Orleans, Mardi Gras? As in every, oh, sorry, in uh, Europe, Europe, sorry, yeah, everyone in, has in, a Mardi Gras. If, yeah, but Mardi Gras is French. Yeah. And it, and it means Fat Tuesday. Fat Tuesday. Because it's the day you would gorge yourself ah. before the Lent when you had to try and be, be uh, you know, Sort of, um, oh, you know, you know, abstemious. Yeah. So, and and in our case with pancakes, oh, yeah. and also because it's carnival, yeah, which is carnivali, which means farewell to meat. Oh. Um, so, and that that's what carnival always means. Okay. So you have a carnival just before you go into a period where you. So a bit, it's an excuse for a party. It is an excuse for a party. It's the last we, day you're allowed to. Not that we ever need an excuse. No, but, yeah. the last day you're supposed to eat your socks off, basically. Yeah. And let's face it, with pancakes, that tends to happen, doesn't it? It does, it does. Um, so I'll give you my last <clears throat> Christian okay. pancake fact. 
right? So because this is this this is this is a good one. Yeah. I mean, it may not be true, but apparently, the four pillars of the Christian faith are represented in a pancake in its ingredients. Okay. So, and this, <laughs> this by the way, I did not know at all. Mm. Right. Um, so, the eggs are for creation. Right. Uh, flour is the mainstay of the human diet. Mm. A bit like daily bread. Makes sense. say representative yeah. in that way. Salt is for wholesomeness. Okay. Salt of the earth. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and milk is for purity. Wow. We represent those things. See, I was just going to say, how does that translate into that little flat thing? You know? <laughs> there you go. That's you go. exactly how. So that's that's how. But uh, so let's all, let's go off the self-flagellation and into the self-indulgence. Well, I mean, pancakes for me when I was when I was growing up, when I was little, it was it was quite basic. In fact, we didn't even we didn't even go down the lemon and um, sugar route. No, um, uh, unheard we, of that. Unheard of in Geordie land. <laughs> yeah. We used to have yeah. either. Um, we had my, ma- my mum from what was a lemon. God, we didn't know. It was scary, abandoned. Yeah. No, uh, my mum used to be stationed at the um, at the stove flipping pancakes, probably quite badly. Sorry, mum. And we would have a jar of uh, jam and a, a tub of... Um, golden syrup and that's yeah. what we used to have on them and I literally remember being able to you know have about 10 yeah. feeling really ill but it was kind of that's how you sort of dealt with pancake day yeah that's how, you, that's how you roll on pancake yeah that's day. how you roll basically <laughs> yeah. what about you and well I actually exactly exactly yeah. the same it's it was a uh, golden syrup yeah pretty much and ja- jam I have to say, golden syrup is particularly good on a pancake. It is, it's it something is. that you kind of forget about how how good it is, how it melts with the uh, yeah, and yeah. the warmness, how it sort of like goes nice and gooey and yeah, yeah, beautiful. But, but we've moved on since then. We have moved on. Maple syrup we've discovered. <clears throat> Before that, actually, the only place I ever had had maple syrup was at the Little Chefs. Oh yeah, we, we used to get it in the little tubs. And you, you used to get so you would get a pancake. It yeah. was like one of the, part of the child's meal. Was it was the one thing you got? Was you got the <clears> pancake? <throat> yeah. With a little with a little square of ice cream on the top. Mm. Remember, it came in those little sort of um, sort of greaseproof paper wrapper type things. Okay. That's perfect mm. square of ice cream, and you and a cherry, and you poured maple syrup on the top. It was the only time I'd ever had it. Very American. Yeah. It was, yeah. Yeah. It was fake American. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that's another thing that we've seen, yeah. you know, rocket in the past few years is kind of what they call pancakes. Ain't what we call pancakes. No, as no. in, they use a kind of you, you know they'll use a raisin ingredient. It'll be much smaller, and you have them stacked, and you can have them with bacon and maple syrup, and yeah. you know. So in fact, it would it would be what my grandma would call a drop scone. Yeah, because it's very similar to a drop scone. Yeah, they used to make on a griddle or a griddle scone. Well, or a girdle do, you, scone. do you know what that that is? What we had in Scotland. Yeah, we're, we're, we're drop scones. Yeah. But we called them pancakes. Okay. Yeah, but I mean that's not a across the board thing in Scotland. Some mm. places call them drops, and some places. So you didn't have like the the thin. Didn't have crepes, crepes. What I would call crepes. Yeah. No, <laughs> we had, had drops, um, and with you know yeah. uh, golden syrup on them, butter and golden syrup. And how, <laughs> how do you do them now? Well. I still pretty much do them that way. Like I mean, drops drop scones. In yeah. fact, for the first time ever this weekend, yeah, uh, I, I was I was woken up by my son. He came, he came in he came into the into the bedroom and and said, "Sorry if I've woken you up." <laughs> and, and and we said, "Well, you have now. What is it?" And, he was, and he's like, "I was just making pancakes and I dropped something." And I was and I was like, "You were making pancakes?" And he's like, "Yeah." 
And uh, so obviously my girlfriend made me get up because she panicked. About <laughs> and then he was, was going to burn the kitchen down. But he'd done it perfectly well. Oh, bless him. The only one mistake he'd made okay. was that he'd sifted the flour through a colander. But apart from, <laughs> apart, apart from that, it was, they were really good pancakes yeah. that he made. It was excellent. And he didn't make that much mess either. Did they you were, say, I expect this every Saturday from now on? Well, we do <laughs> expect it every Saturday from now on. But it's great. But what we have, yeah. um, we, we, we have um, a selection of things. So we have... Uh, lemon and sugar, yeah. maple syrup, jam and butter, yeah. just to keep it real. Um, <laughs> we don't have golden syrup. We've only had it once when we ran out of maple. Okay. Um, and uh, sometimes we have like fruit, like yeah. berries yeah. to put on it as well. Nice. Yeah. But I think um, mm. it's interesting because I, I would still make, I see my, my like nostalgia is still for the, <clears throat> the crepe style pancakes. The, yeah. They're like super flat pancakes. Ones, yeah. So I've got some... Um, had to write a little feature for the website, which is still up there about you know perfect pancake making. Mm-hmm. Um, so just a few a few rules um, about pancake making. The first one is whatever you're doing, the first pancake's always going to be a duffer. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Or you you just you just discount that one, or yeah. you give it to the dog if you're yeah, yeah. if you <laughs> or, or me. if he's allowed to eat it, <laughs> yeah. or the yeah. dad. Yeah. Um, but yeah, because people get a little bit disheartened when the first one comes out a bit anemic yeah. and sort of flabby Peely looking. Wally. But yeah. actually what's happening is your pan's just getting up to temperature. Yeah. And it is just a case of constantly testing your pan and making yeah. sure that you... And also like not too much fat. So I like to just get kitchen roll or something and just or, or a brush and just rub a bit of butter around so yeah. there's not too much fat in the pan. Yeah. Um, the other thing is, I mean, I completely... I haven't got some kind of well-seasoned chef's pan. I just use a really good non-stick pan yeah. with a quite shallow sides. Yeah. And that allows you, for when you want to flip, to like, if you hold the pan and just wriggle the pancake down to the front of the pan and then just do a quick flip. And it's good fun, you know, if it falls, yeah. it falls. But I mean, yeah. that's, you know, but that's that's kind of my my top tips, basically, for, yeah. for getting your pancakes right. Yeah. Do you ever do, you ever do uh, savoury? Do you ever put bacon on pancakes? I do. But what I would tend to do is do more of a, you know, the sort of thing you would get from a creperie. So you like make the pancake and then sprinkle over cheese and yeah. ha- smoked ham and then kind of flip it over yeah. <clears throat> and let the cheese and ham melt and melt then eat it. it like that. Or things like, um, I've done recipes where you put um, sort of sp- like garlic and spinach and ricotta in yeah. and then put tomato sauce on and bake them. Yeah. Or like fill- there's, a, there's a cheese theme going on here. Yeah. Or like garlic mushrooms and brie and sort yeah. of let that melt into it. So I kind of like that thing of the thin the thin pancake with the sort of really squidgy, cheesy filling, if I'm going to go down the savoury route. Lovely. Yeah, yeah. that sounds really nice. Yeah. Um, I, I, I don't think I ever really do savoury pancakes, but at, at the same time, I do love eating bacon pancakes when, mm. I, when I'm out. Bacon pancakes with maple syrup. They're like the sweet savoury thing. Yeah, yeah. <clears> I mean, great. it is super yeah. trendy now, but it's, it's a brilliant... Yeah, but it is great. Yeah. yeah. And talking of trends, um, one of the things we did a couple of weeks ago, which which everyone in the office was raving about. Um, it's called the meal crepe cake, and mm-hmm. it's really trendy and sort of like, um, I think it sort of became quite cool in Japan because it's a very particular kind of patisserie, mm. Japan, France. Um, and now in London, like certain places are doing it. And what it is, is very, very thin crepes, um, maybe like a 20 of them in a stack. And then in between each one, you have this kind of um, very slightly set custardy cream sort of like a creme patisserie yeah and then and then you just sort of stack up pancake cream pancake cream pancake cream until you almost have this cake and yeah. then leave it overnight to set in the 
in the fridge yeah. or leave it for a couple of hours. Yeah. And then when you cut into it, you cut it into wedges and it comes out this really fantastic looking, quite posh looking dessert for not really a huge amount of effort. Mm. Um, and we did one with matcha, which is kind of the cool the cool ingredient of the moment, matcha green tea powder, yeah. which has got a very particular flavour. Mm. You, are you a fan of matcha? I am a fan of matcha. Yeah? It's, 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 it's quite it's earthy, isn't getting, it? Getting, getting past the... Um, the sort of feel of it in your mouth sometimes is a bit, yeah. is a, is a bit but once you've got past that yeah. well for me it's a battle yeah. of getting past it some people don't don't bother and it's got really good health benefits apparently but so it is delicious actually eat, it's eat your matcha yeah, don't just drink because it's like very, very sort of delicate savouriness yeah. to it that's that's yeah. really quite unusual but really really nice yeah but yeah so if anyone wants to go and have a look um the matcha um, pancake is on online at the moment. The and, it matcha and it is delicious. And it is delicious. We've also got a guide to how to make pancakes. We've got tons of pancake recipes. So head to olivemagazine.com if you'd like to see more of them. Thanks very much, Gregor. Thanks, Janine. Thank you, Gregor and Janine. I'm a sucker for lemon sugar myself, but I can heartily recommend our delicious Nutella pancakes too. Next up, we have Alex, our digital writer, who's been talking to Robert Ortiz about Peruvian cuisine. Hi, it's Alex. So on Friday, I went to Lima Floral, which is a Peruvian restaurant in London, and we were watching the world premiere of Virgilio Martinez's episode of Netflix's series Chef's Table. Over a few pisco sours and some sea bass ceviche, I got to meet Robert Ortiz, who's the head chef of Lima. And here he is talking about Peruvian cuisine. I met Virgilio around uh, 2002, so we worked together at Four Seasons for two years mm -hmm. in Canary Wharf. So we become friends, we used to go on holiday to Peru together or we meet in Peru and so on. So when this project came, came about, actually he contacted me and so that, there was a sort of, a, a, um, you know, a reunion somehow. And then, you know, everything came all together out and uh, okay. that's how Lima started. So two Peruvians in London together. Absolutely, yes. Yeah. Um, so um, the reason why um, Robert and I met is because we've recently watched the world premiere of Netflix Chef's Table episode that Virgilio is in, uh, which was amazing. Okay, um, thank you. And um, so Virgilio is part of Lima in London. So if you don't have time to go to, to Peru uh, to try the food, Absolutely, um, yes, yeah. come here. Um, but something that I found fascinating about his men menu, it's Central, is it called? Yes. His restaurant yeah. was the altitude menu. And it's incredible because rather than he uses the ingredients from Peru, but what he does is he creates these little microclimates in his dishes. So he will have, there was an amazing one which was um, focusing on the sea and it was a rock and it had okay. everything that was on that rock. Do you remember that one? Yes, uh, well, well we, we, that? That, that menu, we call it obviously, is the ecosystem. Mm -hmm. it's, um, the principle is, you know, if you find an ingredient and uh, we try to cook what is surrounded that ingredient. Yeah, so it's it, natural habitat. It, uh, abs absolutely. So in this case, it's on, on next to the sea. Next to the sea, you get, you know, uh, uh, you, you get crabs, you get seaweed, you get... Uh, uh, also, the idea how it's presented is presented into a rock and so on, you know. So yeah, it's then, amazing. Then you move it to a, to a different uh, altitude and you will start working with the same thing. Okay. So, what's your favorite altitude? <laughs> well, I, I, I like uh, around uh, the 17 and 50 so, sort of uh, meters above sea level. Mm -hmm. 
I think it's where uh, the the jungle meets certain areas of of the of the Andes. You know, the, the the level is not too high. The climate is absolutely great to grow coffee and fruits and vegetables. Okay. It's, it's very somehow very tropical. It rains quite a lot and it's also very hot. So it's very interesting, you know. Uh, and I and I can see there is a a huge area there we we can explore uh, in, in terms of uh, vegetables, fruits, and uh, obviously animals, even insects. I think this, which is uh, actually uh, will will become very popular in the future. Yeah. So um, just just to explain a sort of bit about um, the altitude menu, because Peru is um, has such a range of altitudes that are inhabited, and it goes from the Andes all the way down to like below sea level. Um, so. You're from the Amazon. Yeah, that's right. Yes, yeah. Aren't you? Um, is there anything specific to there? Any ingredients that are? Um... Well, what what happened in Peru? Or what happened with Virgilio and also here in Lima is that we decided to divide it uh, at the beginning, which was around five years ago. Uh, Peru in three regions, okay. and one of those was uh, the mountains, the the Pacific, and the Amazons. Right. So I was always concentrated in the Amazon region because uh, I am from there. Yeah. So I'm very keen, you know, to use a lot of roots, uh, sweet roots, for example. We can find it in the Lima menu at the moment. It's mm-hmm. called yacon. 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 And can then we describe a bit about yacon. Yacon is a root that um, we use it as a, almost as a as a as a refreshment. Mm-hmm. It and it grows uh, it grows in the borders of the fields uh, and it's, it grows absolutely very you know it's, it grows wild. Um, when the climate is really hot, this root vegetable tends to be very cold somehow. Obviously, it's on, on the ground. Under the ground. Yes. And so what, what we do, we just take it out, uh, uh, you know, uh, clean it somehow, and just uh, munch it or eat it, you know. And it's very refreshing. It's sweet. It has around 92% of water. Right. Uh, so it's very interesting, you know, uh, to, to use it as a refreshment, for example. Okay. So is that native to the Amazon? Isn't it? Yes. And yes. Do you, how do you get it to get to London? Well, we have some suppliers now these days. Uh, we have a connection with Spain. Uh, there is a huge community in Spain. So we get a supplier from Peru to Spain and from Spain here to the UK, which is easier. And it's becoming and, uh, easier and easier, you know, day by day. And uh, we have more accessibility to, to produce from any part of Peru. Obviously, we need to be very conscious uh, about, you know, what, what we bring. We can only bring, you know, uh, every two or three months a pallet or something. That's all, really. Yeah. So, um, you, do you go back to Peru often? To yes, I do. Yes. Uh, well, last year uh, around August, I was uh, in Central cooking with Virgilio, uh, looking for a new ingredients. Things. Did you find that, anything new? Well, uh, there there are lots, a, a lot there. But the, the 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 thing is, what we need to make uh, available here. Right. Especially for you know for you the customs for for the British or European you know audience I would say some powers. Yes. So is there anything that you found recently that you want to talk about? I am very interested in, in a sort of um, avocados that they are look like finger avocados. They are very thin, like a very tiny banana. They don't even have a stone inside. Oh wow! Yes, um, we love avocados. Yes, so avocados here is absolutely. Yeah. So I, I come up with idea from there, and I uh, start to cook with avocados uh, since September. Okay, so yeah. they're a, a specific type, did you say? We call it finger avocados. Finger. Yes. Yeah, okay. Like, and uh, why is it called that? Is it because of the shape. It's almost like a like a finger. Oh, like shape, like yeah. a finger. Yes, that's okay. right. Yeah. So it's becoming more common now. I think they are producing it more, and 
probably we will see very soon here a problem in the supermarket. Oh, Hopefully, yes. We'll look out for those. Yes. Definitely. Um, and also, so Peruvian cuisine goes hand in hand with ceviche, uh, particularly in London. That's what people think of. Um, do you have any tips for creating the perfect ceviche? Yes. Uh, ceviche, obviously, is mainly prepared with fish. Yes. Um, it's absolutely great for you know for picnics for the summertime, especially if you wanna if you wanna go out. The most important thing is to have a fresh fish. You can be sea bass or sea bring, for example, which is uh, hugely available here. You can do it with tuna or salmon. Mm -hmm. I would recommend any white fish. Uh, is that because it's softer? It, it is softer, and I think it's more available somehow. And obviously, if it's more available, you you may get it even fresher, I believe. Okay. okay. So then. Uh, just you know, cut it in small pieces. Uh, make sure they're all the same size if you can. Um, get some some nice chilies if you come from Peru. We call it ají limo, onion, ají limo. They are very interesting because they also have a sort of citrus flavor. Okay. Okay. We do uh, ceviche with the with the limes, chilies, coriander, ginger, a little bit of garlic, some salt. Obviously, the limes will cure very easily to the, 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 the fish. And the chilies obviously will give it extra punch of flavor and so on. So I think the most important thing is, is to, to get fresh fish. And uh, it will take, you know, five minutes to prepare, two minutes to serve. And it's so, so, so easy to make. Wow. And have you heard of, um, I came across recently something called a pica lime. Yes. And they're grown in, okay. the, in an oasis in the middle of the desert, aren't they, in Peru? Um, have you ever used those? No, 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 not at all, no, no. We are using other, other uh, mainly syrups from the desert yeah. at the moment uh, because of the, 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 the conservation and things. I'm using cactus, uh, cactus juices. Uh, wow, okay, uh, so, and, uh, what's, so what's that going to bring to the dish? Uh, well, it gives them certain sweetness and certain uh, acidity, you know, and uh, I, I am very keen, you know, somehow to add it with, to, to serve it with fish, especially. Mm -hmm or even pickle them, and I have recently also done a, a sort of sorbet with that. I, it works, sorbet? Yes, it works very well. Wow, so yeah. do you have that on the menu here? Yes, yes, we do have wow. that. Wow, yes. definitely try some of that later. Okay. Um, yeah, because cactus is very popular cacti in yes. people's houses, so I've never thought of eating it before. Yes, it's, it's great, it's great, absolutely. Um, and is there a particular Peruvian cooking technique that you think really makes a difference? Yeah, yeah I, I, think, I, I think uh, I think Peruvian uh, cuisine is, you know, is, you know, is uh, we are somehow taking from from the Japanese, uh, from the Chinese, from the Spanish, from the Italians, uh, certain methods. Okay. Um, well, the Japanese, I think, it has influenced with us with the, you know, the way how they cut the fish, mm -hmm. uh, how they keep the fish. Um, we have a very sort of uh, ancient uh, technique in Peru, which is uh, uh, the way how we cook meat, uh, especially llama or, 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 or lamb, which is quite available there. Uh, it's actually on the ground, uh, with, uh, cooked with hot stones. Wow. Okay, it's very interesting because this is something that we have uh, preserved, you know, for, for hundreds of years. Mm -hmm. And uh, these days, chefs are bringing it back, obviously, in a little bit more modern way. Okay? Yes. But in fact, it's, um, it's make a, a hole on the ground, uh, fill it with some special stones, make sure they're all hot, then you layer with, uh, with meat, then you mm -hmm. put more stones, you layer for 
with potatoes and more wow. stone. So you do you build the layers yes. of, of food, of vegetables, and lots of corn, for example. And eventually you cover it with uh, with soil, uh, which has obviously has to be very, very, very clean. And uh, banana leaves and corn leaves and so on. And then people dance on top of it. It's oh, a kind of also right. a celebration. Um, yes, and these days somehow we are uh, getting all the flavors of this uh, cooking, you know, technique somehow. And then we put it into a restaurant. Obviously, we cannot make a hole here, no? No. But, but yes, yeah, so we bring all these flavors. Uh, the way how things are happening there, the produce that is used in this kind of cooking and putting it into a plate. So we yeah. call it a pachamanca. Pachamanca. Yes. Amazing. So if we are in Lima, okay. next time we're, we're there, um, where should we go to eat apart from San Juan? Um, there is a nice uh, market um, where you can find uh, a lot of different uh, products okay, from different regions of Peru. And inside there are uh, cevicherias, that we call them. Um, you have the fresh fish uh, in, a, in a counter, and then you can choose your fish, ask them to cook it the way you like it, and, uh, and, uh, and yes, so it's actually very fresh, and, and you can choose, you know, with some kind of fruit or some kind of vegetable, which is very interesting. I've seen there are also other chefs uh, like Maido, which has uh, another uh, Japanese and Peruvian influence, which I think his food is also very well. What's the market called? It's called um, Surquillo. Surquillo. It's very close to Central, actually. Okay. Around 10 minutes walking. All right. And so if, you, if you can ask anyone uh, in Lima, uh, if you are sort of that, sort of uh, the Miraflores side, you can ask where is uh, the, the Mercado, or, or the, they will automatically, you know, direct you there, yeah. Amazing, yeah. So Miraflores is like yeah. the kind of hip part of Lima that's really up and coming, very, very foodie. We've actually got... Um, an article on olivemagazine.com about oh. Lima, about Lima Flores, and about Peru in general. Um, but yeah, so if if we can't head there, definitely um, come to Lima and try out. I'm going to now try out yes. the avocado sorbet, I think. So, well, you see, um, you, yeah. you see what, what, what we have done is to, to bring the flavors of Peru here to, to, to Lima restaurant yeah. and try, you know, to, to work our way, you know, um, Giving you a certain experience, you know, uh, uh, our food is, is uh, Peruvian, 100%. Our ingredients, we have around uh, 18 to 20% uh, native from Peru. Wow. Obviously, the rest, we need to mix it uh, with, uh, with the British, with the European, whatsoever. Thank you to Alex and obviously Robert. And do check out that episode of Chef's Table on Netflix now preferably with a pisco sour. And finally, here's our cookery writer, Adam, talking about cooking with Marmite with me. Okay, hello. So this is Laura, the editor, and I'm here with Adam, our lovely cookery writer. Hello. Hello. Um, we're talking Marmite today, aren't we? we? So um, Marmite's been in the news a lot recently. Um, one of the reasons is that post-Brexit, one of the many negative things that have happened post-Brexit is that Marmite went up in price. Um, and it got us chatting in the office, and we sort of thought... We need to make Marmite in our cupboards work as hard as it possibly can to earn yeah. its place. Now it's a bit more expensive. Um, so we, we've done a feature on it in the latest issue, haven't we, which we have, is out yeah. this week. Yeah, so basically we decided to do yeah do like a three roses Marmite, so which is a usual feature in our magazine, but show that it, how sort of versatile it is mm. and how in many different ways you can use it. 
Yeah, because I think, um, quite rightly, it, it, most people have it in their cupboards to sort of spread on toast with loads of butter. Yeah. Um, and, and that's perfectly acceptable. You're allowed to do that as long mm-hmm. as you don't double dip the butter back into the marmite. Yeah, that's yeah, a that's big no-no real, for me. Yeah, yeah, no yeah. crumbs. Um, but yeah, we, you know, I have used it in bits of cooking before and you certainly have, haven't you? Mm. Um, but we've got three brilliant recipes in the issue which we'll talk through now and then we'll give some other ideas for using your jar afterwards. Mm. So let's talk through my favourite, which is the Marmite Carbonara. Yes, this was How really good. good. <laughs> How good was that? So yeah, like really simple way to uh, utilise your Marmite. Um, so it's basically like a, like a sort of play on a carbonara mm. yeah, using egg yolks to sort of make that glossy sauce. And instead of uh, like your guanciale or your bacon or anything like that that you'd use to give that umami saltiness, just like a couple of teaspoons of marmite, a uh, bit of parmesan, and then stir that through. And it gives you sort of that real glossy, um, delicious sauce. And that, yeah, yeah, it's really savoury umami. Yes, yeah, yeah. And for anyone that um, didn't know what the hell Adam said then, guanciale, oh, just right, to yeah. explain. <laughs> you can tell he's a chef, can't you? Um, so guanciale is... Um, Cheeks of cured, a pig, isn't it? Yeah, cured yeah. cheeks. So it's like they call it face bacon. Yes, yeah, yeah. So bacon is just a different cut uh, yeah. of cured pork, and guanciale is the same. But it's got a really delicious balance of fat and, and meat, yeah, and yeah. they often herb it as well, don't yeah, they? The yeah, Italian. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So if you can get that for your carbonara or for the marmite carbonara, that's definitely worth. So raise out. your bacon sandwich game with guanciale on toast. Yeah, you'll you'll make friends on the weekend if you do that. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that one was seriously good. Um, and then we also made some muffins, didn't we? Talk mm-hmm. us through that. One. So yeah, like again, like introducing that umami flavour, um, like soft, uh, beautiful muffins, just with that like a uh, little bit of marmite flavour. I mean, it was yeah, delicious. Yeah, I think these are really good. So these only take thirty minutes to make. Mm-hmm. They've got Gruyere, spring onion, and marmite in, um, and then the perfect thing again for like an easy brunch or breakfast. Especially if you're going to meet someone, I think that's always really nice to go and bring something with you. And it's a bit yeah, harder yeah. to bring like avocado and eggs. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Pack some muffins in your bag and you're, you're good to go. And it, like, yeah, as you say, under 30 minutes, whip them up. Like, it's it's real simple, just sort of stir through mm. batter recipe. Um, no, like, separate bowls. It's just literally you get everything in the same bowl, then divide it into between your tin and then bake and yeah hey like, presto yeah yeah definitely so they're really good at eating warm or if you have like day old ones like if you make them on the Saturday and still want to eat them on the Sunday if you split and toast them and then put more butter and more marmite on they are even more delicious um, so they're really good and then I said actually the marmite carbonara is my favourite but these the next one we're going to talk about was an absolute revelation so marmite glazed nuts and seeds yeah these were like supercharged twiglets yeah that was how I would so I would <laughs> Them. They don't sound very sexy, and to be honest, they probably don't look amazingly sexy because it's just a load of brown nuts. But <laughs> there's this real clever technique that our recipe writer um, Sarah Cook uh, did for us for this recipe, which is like it's the egg whites, yeah. uh, egg white, and the marmite and sugar, and that kind of made it that poppy, yes, it can, weird it, texture. It, I can't yeah, describe it. it. You're probably it's best not. There. It's like the slight chewiness, just that little bit of like toothsome texture yeah. that isn't just like toasted nuts and crunchy. It kind yeah. of keeps some a little bit soft and the sugar and the egg white sort of caramelise and make like a sort of... Ca- yeah, Twiggler edge. Yes, yeah. Yeah. Instead and- of just boring, you know, toasted nuts with a bit of tostery marmite, it's just got this whole new dimension where some of them cling together and like a little bit softer in places around the edges. Almost, yeah, yeah. Um, and they've got really lovely uh, complementary uh, spices in there as well. So we use coriander, cayenne, and chili flakes, and mm-hmm. just so good. If you make one thing in the issue that's going to like wow your friends, marmite glaze nuts and seeds is the one to go. And they're just really addictive. Make sure you make double 
the recipe yeah, here because definitely yeah yeah okay so there are three recipes and you've obviously got the full recipes in the new issue mm-hmm. so it's our march issue which is our big health special these are slightly less health conscious recipes but they're still you know they're not well they're not devastating by any there's stretch. fruit and vegetables in there they're healthy Somewhere, yeah, we've got some spring <laughs> onions in there. Um, but we've got a brilliant health special out um, in March. It's our kind of healthy attitude to healthy eating. So it's all mm. about healthy ingredients that taste incredible yeah. and just learning what they do for us. None of this clean eating crap. It's yeah, all about yeah. kind of just great tasting food that happens to be really good for you naturally yeah, as well. Yeah. Um, but Marmite is definitely one of those that feeds our soul. Yeah. So I've been known to make sort of similar to carbonara, but much um, more simply. I think it was inspired by something I'd seen on Nigella yeah, once. Yeah, I think it's, it's Nigella, yeah. Butter and marmite and loads of cheese on any kind of pasta works yeah. really well. And yeah, that's yeah. a really easy, like, store late cupboards, night store Really, cupboard. really quick. I mean, in the time that it takes your pasta to yeah. boil, better to cook, then, yeah, you've got the sauce. You don't even really need a recipe, just no. as marmite and buttery and cheesy as you want it. Yeah. Um, so I love that. Um, I've also been known to spread it on a digestive biscuit. Wow. Um, I'm not sure I can imagine that. It's really, really good. So I have, uh, so digestive biscuits, I like Philadelphia cheese on them. Okay. Spread on them. Yeah, so that's that's fine. That's cheesecakey. Yeah. Because you'd use that for the base. Yeah, I might add a bit of chilli jam or something as well. Sweet, savoury, yeah. yeah, You're still down there. And then, or if I'm feeling savoury, I'll go Marmite thickly spread on a digestive. That sounds... Um, well, I haven't, had, like, I haven't had lunch yet, so that sounds delicious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, anything sounds delicious. Yeah, um, yeah so I um, implore you all to try that. Mm. Um, but we were talking earlier as well that it's just a really good kind of flavour enhancer to yeah, food. Yeah, I think if you don't like naturally like, like obviously the you know the tagline is you either love it or you hate it mm. I actually don't mind it I can either oh, Adam. I can, yeah I know I'm like, yeah, I'm, you know I was always you're so like, contrary yeah I was always you know outside the rules um, but no I think. If there's loads of ways you can use it, where if you're not actually really keen on the like real tangy, salty taste of it, yeah. Like if you if you were to like make a stew or a bolognese, and you were just like it's just you know it's just lacking a little bit. It just needs that little uh, kick up the bum to, yeah. get it to where I want. Like a little like half teaspoon, even literally just a little bit, stir through, taste it. It will definitely bring that umami. Yeah. Um, Marminess to any sort of dish that you feel is just a little bit lacking. Yeah, I can imagine it would be good like in meat marinades as well. Yes, I want to say because it kind of go caramelised and extra extra meaty. Yeah, it's for me if I've kind of needed beef stock and I've run out of the cubes. I've only got lamb or I've only got like chicken stock. I'll always whack a bit of marmite in there to kind of give it that extra like yeah of flavour. Okay, well, any other ideas that you want to share that isn't spread on a digestive biscuit? Um, Shout out to. Toast, National Toast Day, <laughs> just on toast. Yeah, okay. Like, that's how I would usually eat it. Yeah. yeah, and I think spread under, if you're doing, like, cheese on toast, add a bit of extra marmite in yeah. there, you, you're going to do well, aren't you? Yeah, I think any sort of combination of cheese and marmite, you're, you're, you're winning. Yeah, okay, so... If you have a jar of expensive, not expensive, if you have a jar of Marmite in your cupboard that might be slightly pricier than you were used to, this is a great selection of ways to make it work that little bit harder for its place. But actually, yeah, just try them because they're delicious. Yeah. Okay, cool. Thank you very much, Adam. Thanks. 
Thank you to Adam, to Marmai and all our lovely podcasters today. I hope you feel inspired, if not just a little bit more hungry. Be sure to grab the new issue of Olive with these Marmite recipes, loads more, including our healthy eating guide and our killer recipe for Bayesian fish tacos. It's available in all good supermarkets and news agents right now, or you can download our digital edition via the Olive app or Apple News. And don't forget, of course, there are plenty more recipes from our back catalogue on olivemagazine.com, plus our latest restaurant and travel reviews. Happy listening, happy reading, happy eating, happy cooking, happy drinking. We look forward to seeing you next time. Bye.